Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn about anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. And my name is Todd Hicksonball. Caleb, do you think that I can get my mom to start calling me the Todd Father? No, no way. Well, my name is also the Todd Father, just so you all know. And we have a great episode for you today. Today, we're going to be talking with Jeff Henderson. Now, before that, you may be wondering, it's Thursday. There shouldn't be an episode of the podcast out today. They should be napping right now. They're not doing anything until Tuesday. But all throughout January, we're releasing two episodes a week. We're going to release our normal one on Tuesday and one on Thursdays as well, all throughout the month of January. We're bringing you a two-for-one special every week. And we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking with Jeff Henderson. We're going to talk with him about several different things. You know, he recently, or not, I guess not recently. It's not been recently anymore. But he's been leading the charge for this Four Gwinnett campaign. If you're not sure who Jeff Henderson is, he's a, the lead pastor of Gwinnett Church, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. And really, it's just the movement of showing people that they are for their county. And we pick his brain on several other leadership stuff and um, some personal habits as well. And, and you might be wondering, well, that's kind of weird, like hashtag for Gwinnett, like what is that? And well, he's going to talk about that a lot more in the episode, but just for you to know now, um, his whole thing, he, he, like we said, he's a pastor, and his whole thing is people know what the church is against, right? Like everybody knows what the church is against, and I'm doing air quotes right now. Like we, People can tell you what the church is against, but what can, can they tell you what the church is for? And so what Jeff said is, hey, we want to be a church, we want to be an organization that is known that people know what we're for rather than what we're against. And so he started this campaign called the hashtag for Gwinnett campaign. And so it's been the, it's been this big um, thing down in Gwinnett County in Atlanta, Georgia. And we're, we, I'm so excited for this episode. It's going to be a blast. Yep. And we're going to jump into our conversation with Jeff Henderson from Gwinnett church right now. Well, Jeff, we're so excited to have you today on the learner's corner podcast. Caleb, thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm really honored, and uh, you've got a you've got a great young crew of listeners. So I'm I'm definitely increasing the median age today. <laughs> so thanks for letting me uh, come in. I'm 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 very honored. Yeah. Well, you lead uh, Gwinnett Church, and one of the things that has been going on for the past couple of years is kind of this big campaign called For Gwinnett. Would you mind just telling us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, it started, I, I think any good question for any organization is what do we want to be known for? And especially for a new organization, you need to ask that question. For existing organizations, you need to ask what do we want to be known for, but also what are we known for? That That's also a good question. So whether you're a business, a nonprofit, or church, those are really good questions. Those are branding questions, and uh, that's just a really good question to ask. So when we started Gwinnett Church, seven years ago, actually, we asked that question, what do we want to be known for? And then what is the church known for? And we came across this answer that for many people, they're more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. And we said, we don't want that to be our message. We want people to be more familiar with us as it relates to what we're for. And then we said, well, what what are we for? And uh, so we, we're in a very significant county in Metro Atlanta called Gwinnett. Uh, there's uh, almost 900,000 people that live here. Of the 10 largest high schools in the state of Georgia, eight are actually in our county. So it's the most diverse county in Georgia. And so it's just significant with all sorts of potential. So we said we're for Gwinnett. We're for Gwinnett kids. We're for Gwinnett businesses. We're for Gwinnett schools. We're for Gwinnett adults. And the reason for that is we believe God's for Gwinnett. So that's where this kind of this, this landed. And then it just kind of 
took off. And it's not necessarily a new message. It's it's really, I often say it's the, the, the most famous Bible verse of them all starts with the word for. And so, but it's been, it's been very effective for us. Can you tell us like some of the ways that you've shown, you know, your community, your business and children and students, how you're for them? Absolutely. Well, the first thing we did when we bought the land that we're at, where I'm actually at, I'm at church today. We, uh, the city that we're in said we could put a sign up there that says Gwinnett Church coming soon. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted, because if you drive by and you're a church person, you're like, well, that's a church. If you're not a church person, you're like, well, that's not for me. So we wanted to create a common ground message that somebody looked at and said, oh, I could, I could buy into that. So we just put a sign up there that said hashtag for Gwinnett. It didn't say Gwinnett Church coming soon. It didn't say John 3.16. It didn't have a Bible verse. It didn't have a website. It just said hashtag for Gwinnett. And we got you know some feedback from people going, how do they know that what you what you are? How do they know that it's going to be a church? And my answer was, exactly. They don't. So we eavesdropped in on social media and they were trying to figure it out. Then we gave everyone t-shirts and said, go to the grocery stores, the parks with four Gwinnett shirts on, and then let people ask you, what is that sign? And that that's what happened. And so in that moment, People say, hey, what is that sign? Is that going to be a school? Is that a subdivision? Is that a business? And they said, you know, our volunteers, it was really small at that time. They said, no, it's a church. And they said, it's a church. Why is it a church? And what does that for Gwinnett mean? And they said, well, for many people, they're more familiar with what the church is against, rather than what the church is for, and we're for you. And so that was the first way that we started to get that message out. Um, but then they answered, how do, how do we actually, how are we actually for it? So we create environments on Sunday for all sorts of people to let them know that God is for them, but we don't stay here. We've got to go outside the four walls of the church. And so we've done everything from partner with community events to raise money for nonprofits. And we'll do that again in a couple of weeks and we'll give away lots and lots of money. We ask people to give and then we just give it to all these nonprofits. And uh, over the course of these five years, or seven years that we've been going, we've given away about $5 million to local nonprofits, which is completely befuddling to those who are anti-church because they think the church is just about all the money. No, we're actually here to give money away. Uh, and not only does 100% of the money go away for this particular campaign, more than 100%, because we have staff folks that that give their time, and we don't account for any of that. It's just, hey, this is what we do as a church. And um, and so we we also support local businesses in terms of putting them on Instagram. And because one of the things I challenge churches about it, and this is true for businesses, if you look at most churches and most businesses, Instagram feeds or social media posts, it's usually 99% about the church. Come to this event. We're starting a new series. Don't miss Sunday. And all that's fine. And you need to do that. But you also need to balance it out. So what we say is for every post that we have about Gwinnett Church, we want to have a post about a local business, a local school, a volunteer or somebody and balance it out so that we're way beyond the four walls of the church. And so whether people come here or not, we want people to go, wow, I'm so glad this church or this organization is here because they're actually making a difference in the community. You know, one, you know, of, the one of the things that I've noticed, noticed you know, with the Four Gwinnett campaign is that you're working, looking to get the next generation involved as well, too. And it's not just, you know, adults being involved in the Four Gwinnett campaign. Can you talk about how you've gotten, like, children and students involved in it as well? Absolutely. It's it's actually a me- part of it's a messaging, um, you know, and this is true, not just for church or businesses, but we'll we'll pick on churches. Um, you know, the churches have different ministries and the different me- ministries have different messaging. And which and so as a result of that, you have fragmented marketing. 
So the preschool is communicating something, middle school is communicating something, adults are communicating something, and they're all a little bit different branding and they're all a little bit different messaging. And so you have fragmented marketing. So what we wanted to do is bring all of the messages under the banner of Four Gwinnett. It doesn't mean that we don't have different branding for these ministry environments. We do because that's important. But at the end of the day, students are Four Gwinnett, kids are Four Gwinnett, adults are Four Gwinnett. We're all Four Gwinnett. And it occurred to me when I went in the early days of our church, I went out to lunch after church and I saw our volunteers with the diff- with different T-shirts from Wombland, Upstreet, Transit. And I'm thinking, if I don't know anything about this, I don't know that all these people are actually doing the same thing mm-hmm. and they're adding value to the community. So I instantly said, we're changing our T-shirts. From now on, it's going to be Four Gwinnett. Now, you can be Upstreet is Four Gwinnett or Transit, which is our middle school environment, is Four Gwinnett. But we don't need to have all these fragmented T-shirts. It's a messaging standpoint. And so what you do is, is you invite everyone in the ministry environments, those that serve and partner together, to have this one message. And so we've we've even done little onesies, like when there's a baby. We have a little, we give these new parents onesies that say Four Gwinnett, which you think is a cheesy idea and it may, but parents love this idea. So part of it is messaging. We're all getting on the same board, the same page about messaging and that's that's really really important and then we've really challenged the next generation to not just be consumers in our church but to be servers in our church and as early as we can we have uh, middle school students serving in our environments we've actually challenged them we're building a new student building because we're out of space we actually challenged them think of ways that you can raise money and it's been Caleb, it's been phenomenal, man. We've had uh, uh, kids do, students do bake sales, and they one group of students did a like a twenty uh, a twelve hour tennis round robin where they raise money for. I mean, it's it's been incredible. But the thing I love about that is that they're engaged, so that when they go into the new building, they can say, "Hey, I, I bought that doorknob over there, or I bought that wall over there," because mm. they're engaged. And uh, I mean, we definitely want to, we, we want them to come participate in our ministries, but we want them to be serving. And so uh, we tell them, hey, you know, pick up a tool and let's get to work. We got we, we want to engage you because we believe that God's going to do great things through you, greater things through you. So um, and so we, we've said we're not going to fight the next gen. gen. We're going to we're going to fund and fuel them. So and we, we you know. We certainly don't apologize for that. So let's so say that, you know, your church has multiple messages that they're trying to communicate. And you're like, for me, I'm not the senior leader. So how how would you go about, you know, trying to, to lead up and like helping like filter like, hey, we need to do one single message from the church. What advice would you give them or give me? Well, I, I would, I mean, leading up is part of part of leadership, obviously. And um, it's one of the reasons we created a four resource, because I've actually, um, I've, I've created a teaching tool that say, hey, here's how you get everybody on, on board. Here's how you um, cast vision to your elder board or your deacon board or on your leadership team. And um, I, I think asking people, what, what are we for? What, what, what is what is the messaging that's that's going out? And, you know, it's, it's hard to plan a church. It's hard to lead a church today. You know, it's it's, it's a hard environment. So what you got to do is you got to make sure um, that 
you've got a message that is connecting with people outside the four walls of the church. So I, I ask people to do a vision inventory, to walk around and just ask people, what do you think we're known for? And what do you think people, what do you think our church is known for? And see what kind of answers that you get. And then the other thing I would do is I would get all the messaging and bring it into a meeting and go, here's all of our messages. Okay. And if we put our messages on a billboard and people are driving down the road and they had three seconds to look over at it, what would they think? And that's what you have to do. That's, that's why this is so hard. If you find a, a great message, it's usually less words than, than more words. So, I mean, there's countless advertising examples. Eat more chicken from Chick-fil-A. Just do it from Nike. I mean, all of these things, they're really, really hard. But if you look at, there's actually an advertising hall of fame. If you look at the advertising hall of fame, what you'll notice is that there are less words than more. And the other thing is that if you look at the Academy Award, the Oscars, the film that usually wins Best Picture also wins Best Editing. So you've got to edit your message to amplify your message. So I would start with saying, what are our messages? Number one. Number two is, what do we want to be known for? And number three, can we take all of this and condense it down to one phrase? Um, and that's why I like the this this idea, and this is why we're releasing it to other churches, is like, Hey, you can go further and faster now. All you have to do is put your community name after the word for and go for it. We've done all the work for you, and we haven't let you see the mistakes we made so that you don't waste time like we had to in the early days trying to figure this thing out. But um, I think getting people around the table and and going, what 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 are what's the one message that we want to connect uh, connect with? And obviously, the easy answer is Jesus. I totally understand that, <laughs> but. Again, the guy that's driving down the road that has a lot of baggage with church or whatever, you want to create common ground. So the two things this does is you want to create common ground and conversations. Oh, Fort Gwinnett. Well, now, what is that again? Because I've seen that all over the place. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm Fort Gwinnett. I live in this area. So it's a common ground thing. So and it's really for, more for a message outside uh, the four walls of the church. So I, I would start with those meetings and say, hey, what are our messages? What do we want to be known for? And um, and how can we condense it to a few words? So, so I guess I moving guess on to the next topic, topic, how do you continue to create a great experience for your guests or customers when you don't necessarily have the space for all of your guests or customers? <laughs> you build more. That's that's <laughs> one thing. And, and and you remind people that we're so glad that you're here. Our vision is. To, we want to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus, but we can't forget the people who aren't here today. And there are 280,000 unchurched people in our county. So you have to just stay on vision and, and just have to say, you know, leaders are repeaters. And you have to say it over and over and over again. And I, an example of this I, I personally saw was Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, when I, I worked in marketing there. And uh, he went to Ritz Carlton, and when he said thank you, they didn't say you're welcome. They said my pleasure. And he thought we ought to do that in our stores. So he got in front of the whole company. He said, from now on, I'd love for it when our customers say thank you. I don't want us to say you're welcome. I want us to say my pleasure. So after the convention, he got in his car and went to Chick Fil A stores. By the way, this is the guy that invented the chicken sandwich. By the way, goes into the stores that he owns and says thank you, and his the team members say you're welcome. And he thought, well, I thought we said we were going to do my pleasure. So 
He didn't get mad. He didn't send out an email. He just kept saying it over and over and over again. And in my estimation, it took about five to seven years for this to really sink in. So every time I think I've said for Gwinnett enough, um, I just remember Truett getting in his car and saying, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. And now that's really become a distinguishing characteristic of Chick-fil-A service. And every time I hear my pleasure, I, it just reminds me, I, leaders are repeaters. I got to say it over and over and over again. So, um, yeah, we're full, but I've got to remind people that's, you know, we, we've got to, we got to build more space. So we're, we built another building and there there's, we're going to look at another location and you have to have sustainable growth. I totally understand that, but you got to test that vision and you got to say it over and over again. Are there other things that you do to help remind people of that vision? Because, you know, vision leaks and people forget. So are there other things that you do to help keep it in the forefront of people's minds? When I talk to other nonprofit leaders that don't work at a church, they're so jealous of church leaders like us. And here's why. They say, I wish I could get in front of my uh, my audience every week, but I can't. Um, I have to do chicken dinners and golf tournaments and try to get everybody together or do Facebook posts. But you actually get in front of your group every week. That's, that's a huge advantage. So one of the reasons that's so important is there's got to be a vision casting moment consistently in the church service that reminds people of why we're doing this. And I think sharing stories and uh, when I first started this 15 years ago, there was another church we helped start, Buckhead Church. That was North Point Ministries in Atlanta, our first multi-site church. I did a terrible job in the offering moment. I could basically kind of apologize. I'm sorry we have to take up an offering. Don't give us any money if this is your first time. And, and, you know, and I still talk about first-time guests about, hey, you know, don't feel obligated. But I've gotten a whole lot better at saying, we're about to take up our offering. Let me tell you why we're doing this. And I, we've done videos. We've pulled kids. There's a little boy uh, that goes to our elementary age environment. He consistently gives money from his uh, commission that he gets from working in his chores at home. So I brought him up on stage and said, this is one of our highest percentage givers of the income that he brings in. He gives us well over 10%. This is little Jack. Let's celebrate what Jack is doing. So I think you just got to, you know, people resonate with stories. So we're really big in being distributors of stories. And, and Walt Disney, you know, that's what he said. He goes, you know, I'm not that good of an artist. Uh, I can't sing. I can't act. But I'm really good at being, being a distributor of stories. So as leaders, I think we've got we've to gotta celebrate stories and distribute those stories and then cast vision of saying, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and so, so that's so important is to talk stories and people and connecting that to the, to the mission and vision. So we do, I think we do a really good job of, um, of sharing those stories and casting the vision in a compelling way. It's not enough just to say it over and over again. That's, that's one thing, as I said earlier, but you've got to say it in interesting and compelling in different ways. So whether that's Facebook posts, live, uh, Instagram stories, whatever it may be, you got to share that vision over and over again in a compelling way. And so one of the things, practically speaking, that we've done is we actually plan out on a quarterly basis what our offering moment is going to look like. I think in most churches, that's the least planned out part of the of the service, rivaled only by the welcome of a church service. You know, those are the two least enjoyed and 
And you wonder, why are they two of the least enjoyed? Because they're two of the least planned out. They just, we just kind of fly by, but while we plan out the sermons, which we should, we plan out the worship and all that kind of stuff, which we should. But if you plan out your offering moment and get ahead, it will be a vision caster and I think a game changer for the church. Can you talk a little bit about what that plan for the offering moment looks like or give a couple examples of what it might be? Yep. Well, one of the things I specifically challenge our staff with is to help me with this. And what I mean by that is I need you to bring these stories that we can potentially share or illustrate because I'm just one person and, and you know, stories get to me, but they, they don't get to me uh, as it can get to everybody. So our staff goes looking for stories. So the story about little Jack, I didn't know about it until one of our staff members on Upstreet, which is our elementary age environment, said, hey, there's this little boy and every Sunday he comes and he gives a dollar into the giving tree every Sunday. And I asked his mom about that. And she said, well, he does chores at home and, you know, he gets paid and he comes and gives his money. And she's and Jen said, I think we could use this on one of our offering moments. Are you kidding me? This is like manna from heaven. So part of it is asking the staff, are there stories? So they get stories to our service programming team and to me. And then we sit down and go, is this a live thing? Is this a video thing? Is this a just post on the screen? Is this you just sharing a story? Is this bringing somebody up? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I brought a Wombaland volunteer. Wombaland is our preschool ministry, and we need more men to serve in Wombaland. And so we have a guy that owns his own CrossFit gym, um, and he serves in Wombaland. And we're thinking, absolutely, we should get Brandon to do this. So, um, so we actually had Brandon come up live because we wanted people to see yeah, that guy works out at CrossFit, and he's also holding babies. What? Why do you do that? And so. Um, so we plan it out and then we decide what's the best way. Is it a live? Is it a video? Is it just showing something on the screen? Um, and, um, this week's a little crazy. We're, we're, when we're recording this, we're doing something called s'more Gwinnett and we're having this big s'more pits and fireworks and all this. And so I'm having a stay puffed marshmallow man run across the, the, the stage just to illustrate, Hey, don't forget about s'more Gwinnett. But part of the reason we're doing that is we're saying this is a fantastic opportunity for you to bring friends just to church. We're not having a church service. We're roasting marshmallows, and we're going to have a fireworks show when it gets started. But we're going to show people in our community we can have fun. We're real people. Don't forget to be a smorgonette tonight. So those are – and then we have a planning calendar. We look at it every quarter and go, okay, what about that? Uh, what, what about this? And, uh, and then we – you know, sometimes we just have a palate cleanser, if you will. But you know what? Let's just get up there and pray. Because the last four weeks, we pushed it pretty hard. Um, but then more often than not, it's, it's vision, vision, vision. So, you, so you've given a couple of tips on casting vision. You said, you know, constantly repeating it, storytelling. Are there any other tips for casting vision? Well, I think you have to live it. You know, I mean, I think it's, this is true for business leaders and church leaders. Um, <laughs> there, there was a guy at Chick-fil-A as an operator years ago, he decided to become a vegetarian. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. I'm not sure you can be a Chick-fil-A operator if you're a vegetarian. You're not living the vision. You know, how do you know? You need to be eating the chicken to see if you're cooking the chicken or how's it, how's it going? And, we, you know, we kind of laugh at that. But how many times as church leaders do we get up and say, you need to get in a small group and we're not in a small group ourselves. Or you need to invite people to church. But when's the last time we've invited people to church? You need to wear a four-one-inch shirt. But we don't do that because we're somehow above that. 
you can't do that. You've got to, you've got to live it and internalize it. So anytime I can get up and share a story about, Hey, I was wearing my Ford Gwinnett shirt this week and this person came up to me and I actually invited them to church or, Hey, in our small group this week, or, you know, I was over at uh, North Gwinnett high school this week, just talking to students. So, um, I think living that vision is just so, so important. So, um, so I got, you got to live it, you know, and I learned this from Andy Stanley, you got to live it and by living it, you cast it, but then you got to, you know, cast it as leaders as well. Mm -hmm. What would you say say would be a couple of tips on leading change? Well, it's, it's, you know, I talk to church leaders a lot and they say, Hey, I'm trying to turn my, turn the church around. And I don't, that's not my story. You know, we, we, we necessarily had to change from a denominational model to whatever. So I just say that to say, I respect those that, that, that do that. A friend of mine, Kerry Newhoff, he, he wrote a book called leading change without losing it. And that's his story. So I would, first of all, get Kerry's book. I would say that. But the second thing I would do is, is to talk about, you've got to define the problem. This is true whether you're launching a new endeavor or just trying to change and lead into a new endeavor. What is the change? And so often we start talking about the solution. Sometimes for younger leaders, we just have this natural leadership wiring in us, which is a good thing. We just want to change it. But to change it for change its sake is not is rarely a good direction. To change it because it makes the mission better, that's the direction. So I would I would start with, hey, and this is true for, for a young leader. I I love the mission I'm bought in. I would start there. All right. So love, I love the mission. And Andy talks about marry the mission and date the model. All right. So I'm not talking about changing our mission. I'm talking about changing our methodology or model approach. I think there's a better way to do this. And so I want to lead change toward that. If you're if you're not on board with the mission, then it's going to you're going to feel like you're you're ripping some basic tenets and core values out of an organization. Now, for some folks, it gets to the point where they're like, I don't believe in the mission. Cool. That's great. You need to leave. And your change is to go change and by starting a whole new thing. And and sometimes folks don't want to do that because that's scary. I totally understand that. But you got to come to grips internally. Can I live with the fact that the mission may not change and I'll tweak around the model? If you can live with that, then that's great. If you want to change the mission, you are that's that's going to be a struggle. So I think the first thing would, I would say is, or do you want to change the mission or do you want to change the model? If you want to change the mission, you may want to go just start your own thing. Um, if you don't do that, then go into the model. I'm not saying you can't ever change the mission, but it's it's going to be a harder ship to turn versus changing things in the model. But I would start with the problem. You know, <clears throat> hey, I'm I'm on board with the mission, but I don't think we're getting there with our current methodology. I have some things I want to try that I think will help us accomplish our mission better. Those kind of conversations, I think, are much more palatable for senior leaders. And because you have to understand on the other side of this, at some point, a senior leader may think you're questioning them and not the idea. And you got to separate that. Now, it's also incumbent upon the senior leader to be okay with that. Um, Ed Catmull with Pixar talks about how he can he can figure out whether a movie director will make it at Pixar or not by this by this uh, observation. 
that when they criticize a director or they criticize a movie in the early part of Pixar, and, and, and Ed Catmull says all of their movies at the, at the first part of it, they all stink. And he doesn't use the word stink, Caleb, but I'm just going to do that because uh, in honor of you. So he says all of our movies, I mean, even Toy Story, even, you know, Finding Nemo, they were all awful. So when you're criticizing the movie, the movie director that can take that criticism and place it over to the movie and not internalize it and take it personal, that's the movie director that will thrive because they will thrive on the the corrections. But the movie director that takes it personal and thinks that you're criticizing him or her, they won't make it at Pixar. So you have to understand what kind of senior leader uh, you have. And you have to, under, for, for, for the senior leaders who are listening, you got to make sure that you separate this feedback and it's not about you. It's about the organization and the organization is bigger than you because you want the organization to thrive when you're gone and you will be gone. So I think trying to figure out where the, where your senior leader is on that. And I think there is a balance between honoring your leader and challenging your leader and challenging the process, but be sure to challenge the process and not so much challenge your leader. You can challenge your leader by challenging the process. That's a much better way to do it. Is there, is there like any practical tip that you give for how, how do you challenge the process without challenging the leader? Well, I always, I, I would, I would always talk about we and us, you know, we we're in this versus you, or, you know, you're in this together. So you're trying to, you're not divorcing yourself or distancing yourself from this. So I think language is really important. Um, I do think talking about, the the positive things and the potential of the organization. Um, if it's always, you know, we can do better and we're not as good as we need to be. I totally understand that. And that language is good. But I would also make sure that you're talking in a very respectful way because you're dealing with human beings. It, it's much like at some point in your life, you realize that your parents are actually human beings that, you know, your parents are parents. They don't have no, they have no feelings, right? I mean, you can't possibly hurt your parents' feelings. And then at some point you're like, wow, I, my parents are actually flesh and blood. I think we think that about our senior leaders sometimes. I mean, what do they care about that? What I think I can't hurt their feelings. And so sometimes we're just a little too careless when we want to challenge the leaders. So I would, I would talk, I would use language such as we and us. And then I would ask a lot of good questions. What's your observation? What do you think? How do you think we can reach more people? And I think the best one is, do we think our current strategy is actually leading us towards somewhere that's going to gain traction? And just listen and then take really good notes and then repeat back. One of the best ways that you can help lead change is to listen more and talk less, which seems counterintuitive because we want to get on a stage and cast vision and say, we're going to change the world. But if you'll listen more, you'll pick up clues and say, can I, can I repeat back where we are? We're saying that we want to reach more people, but we're still doing things that we've done for 10 years that might not be having the same results that had 10 years ago. Is that, am I, am I seeing that right? What's your perspective on that? What do you, what's your opinion about that? So asking questions can illustrate some points without making declarative statements about what you think. And, um, and so especially for your younger listeners, I know you don't like to hear this, but, but when you're with a senior leader that's got years of experience on you, sometimes they'll say, I've got, they'll think I've got years of experience. I've tried that. I've tried, we tried that once. That's terrible for your senior leader to think that, but they often do. Okay. 
So you just have to understand that their, their mindset sometimes and and lift out some of their answers through questions. So the better question asker you are, the better change agent you'll be from my perspective. What are some, what are some of the, the daily, daily habits or routines or practices that you do to continue to develop yourself as a leader? Well, I have a reading goal, uh, and I try to read a certain number of chapters each week. And and I, I challenge folks to, to, to read more, and they're like, I don't have time. You, you, you've got time. If you replace every time you scroll Instagram with reading you know, one page in a book, you'd be amazed about how many books you could read. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be scrolling through Instagram, but I would challenge us to say I think we're too up too much on that. Um, so I have a read. So it's not like I want to read a book this week. I want to read six chapters this week. Well, what happens is if I have that as a goal, sometimes I'll get a little further on, on that goal. And I've challenged our staff here. No one will read more books this year than me. And it's on my Goodreads, goodreads.com slash Jeff Henderson page. It's just a page for they to go to see how I'm doing on my, my reading goal. That, that helps keep me accountable and helps keep, keep them accountable. So there's, there's a reading goal to try to get me better. The other thing is it's just the people I interact with. And I'm very intentional about putting things, getting ahead of my calendar and putting things on my calendar to interact with people. An example of that is yesterday, Tim Tosopoulos, the president of Chick-fil-A, came to speak to our staff and I went to lunch with Tim. Tim and I get together once a year. He's an incredibly busy man. Uh, his organization today will serve 3.7 million people. I mean, today, not this year, today. So imagine the pressure of that. You have 3.7 million customer interactions today that ultimately you're responsible for. So, so Tim's a really busy guy. So I get ahead and go, okay, in, 20, in 2018 and 2019, can I have lunch with you in November? And so uh, we get together. And I'm asking people that I don't even know. Like I, I, I hand wrote a note to Ed Catmull earlier in the year, the president of Pixar, as I mentioned earlier, and said, hey, my family's coming out to San Francisco for my daughter's high school graduation trip. Can we bring our family to Pixar and just get a tour? You know, just dropped it in the mail. It's like putting a letter in a bottle and throwing it in the ocean. You know, it will, there, he's not going to respond to this. I'm writing this letter thinking this is a complete waste of time. Five months go by, I don't hear a word. And then I get a call from on my phone. It says Oakland, California. And I'm like, I don't know anybody from Oakland, California. So I listen to the message later and it's like, hey, this is Ed Catmull's assistant, Wendy, and we'd love to give you a tour. And um, so, you know, a few weeks ago, we pulled up the Pixar at the front gate, you know, and we're thinking, you know, my kids are looking at me and are, is this real? Are we going to get arrested? What's going to happen here? <laughs> and they said, oh, it's the Henderson family. We're, we're so glad you're here and got a tour of Pixar. And um, so I say all that to say, be intentional about trying to surround yourself with people that, you know, and then ask people that you don't know. You know, that's every time I read a book of somebody, I write them a letter or I try to email them or find their email or send them a tweet to say, that says, can I come meet with you? And more often than not, I get no. Um, Warren Bennis, the, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Warren Buffett. I think I uh, wrote Warren Bennis a letter too. He's a great leadership author. But Warren Buffett, he and Bill Gates go back and forth between the richest man in the world. I wrote him a letter after I read his autobiography. And he wrote me a letter back and said, Dear Jeff, I'm not going to meet with you, but thanks for asking. When I'm like, hey, at least I got a letter from Warren Buffett, you know. So I say all that, Caleb, to say the books you read and the people you interact with are keys. Those are the two ways that you you, you improve as people. And then what are your early morning daily disciplines? 
your early morning daily rituals. And so for me, it's uh, I try to write down seven things I'm grateful for. I try to get a workout in. I try to read something. And I try to also write somebody a thank you note. If I do those things uh, and have devotion, I'm going to have a pretty good day. Uh, So a friend of mine calls it early morning success rituals. So what are your rituals in the morning? And also to some extent, what are your rituals at night? It's, it's really, really important. So those are some, those are a few, few tips I think that's helped, helped me and that we try to lead our staff towards. As, as we're getting ready to move towards the end of our interview, one question that we always love to ask people is, what are you learning right now, Jeff? That's a great question. I'm trying to, uh, one of the things I'm trying to do is to, improve the world in three areas, families, churches, and businesses. So I'm trying to learn what are the consistent things between families, churches, and businesses. I feel like if you could have healthy families, healthy churches, and healthy businesses, you have a healthy community, and ultimately you have a healthy world. So what are the things that a family and a church and a business, what are those consistent things that, 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 that could help them? And one of the things I've noticed is it's just part of this is um, being a great encourager. How do you encourage people? And, and, ha- and also helping to understand someone's love language. There's the book, The Five Love Language. And, and so, um, so one of the things I'm trying to do is, is how can I help families? How can I help churches? And how can I help business, how, businesses? And how can I encourage them? to help them get better. So I'm spending time with business people. I'm spending time with church people. I'm spending time with, with dads and trying to, trying to help dads, particularly dads with middle school sons, because that's such a, uh, a pivotal time. And um, the, the thing I'm learning is that there is a natural, um, there's a natural discouragement that people are walking around with. They're discouraged about how they're doing as parents. They're discouraged about how they're doing in their marriage. They're discouraged. And they think that God is discouraged with them. So I'm trying to pour fuel of encouragement into folks, and I'm trying to learn different ways about how to encourage people. So that's kind of a random thing, but I feel like if you can encourage parents, encourage churches, and encourage businesses, and give them tools to gain some traction, um, then I think we kind of help improve the world. So I'm trying to become a better encourager. Well, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Jeff. If people want to continue to learn from you, how can they do that? Well, they can uh, follow me on uh, Twitter, Jeff Henderson, or Instagram, Jeff Ree Henderson. Uh, Jeff Henderson was already taken on Instagram, so J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. And then I would love for them to uh, check out our four resources. I partnered with Reggie Joyner and Orange Crew, and it's orangestore.org slash four. And all the questions that we talked about and more, including social media strategy, graphics, sermon outlines, the whole thing is there. And uh, I think that that can help churches go further faster. So love those those three things. That would be a great way to connect. Yep. And yep. we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes, too. But hey, I'm honored to, uh, to be on the be on the podcast. Caleb. Thanks. Thanks for what you're doing as well. Yeah. Well, like I said, we had a great time and really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks. Hey, Caleb, what'd you get out of that interview with Jeff Henderson? I think there was two big things that I took from that interview. One of them is, you know, as a leader, how are you showing your community or your people that you're for them? 
you know, Jeff spent a lot of time talking about the different ways that they show their community, whether it be, you know, on stage at his church or within the community or on social media promoting other people, but showing them that they're for them. So really just the question of how, how can you show the people that you're for that you're for them? Uh, I think the coolest story that he talked about was how um, on on Gwinnett Church's social media pages, they actually promote local businesses in Gwinnett County as much as they talk about their own stuff. If he if actually more. he actually talks about how they actually talk more about local businesses and local and people within the communities on their social media pages more than they promote the times of their services at the church. Um, the other thing I thought was really interesting was um, he tells the story about the sign for Gwinnett Church and how, you know, everybody, you know, when they go to do a church sign, right, you're going to put, you know, uh, Gwinnett Church or whatever out front. And he decided not to do that. Instead, he just put hashtag for Gwinnett. That's all he put. And I thought that story was so interesting because that's so counterproductive to most traditional thinkers when you think about how you would put a sign up for a church. But he just puts for hashtag for Gwinnett. And what it does is it makes people ask the question, well, Who's for Gwinnett? And what's going on with this for Gwinnett? Is it, is it a business? Is it, what is it? And so it just it, it's another way of being able to have people ask questions about what you're doing. And it was, it's a phenomenal um, campaign uh, that, that's, that's going with, with for Gwinnett. And you actually have the opportunity. People can actually buy it. Yeah. If you want to find out more about that or, you know, Jeff mentioned uh, the resource, um, you can link to that or you'll uh, see that in the show notes. We have the link right there and you can go on to the orange store as well um i think the other thing that really stood out to me from that um from the interview was and jeff talked about it and uh if you're listening you've probably heard this if you're in leadership or you read a lot of leadership materials just the idea that leaders are repeaters and they're constantly repeating the vision of hey we are for Gwinnett but they're not just saying it the same way over and over and over and over again they're saying it in different ways. They're saying it through the billboard. They're saying it through social media. They're saying it through the platform. They're saying it through a video. They're saying it through a story, whatever it may be. But finding the way to be a repeater, but not just repeating the exact same message. We're repeating the same message just in different ways, in different in different forums and stuff like that. Yeah, it's great stuff. Now, remember that we are doing two episodes all throughout January. And so next week you'll have two episodes as well. And the best way to make sure that you don't miss any of our extra episodes that we're having this whole month of January is by subscribing to our podcast on your podcast player, which everyone that you use. And also let us know what you learned from this episode. You can hit us up on our social media channels, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and let us know, you know, leave a rating and write a review and let us know how can we continue to improve maybe some future guests, some future topics that you'd like us to talk about. We always want to continue to look to, you know, to continue to improve this podcast. And don't just leave us a rating and review just because we say it. Make us earn it. And so just let us know, hey, how can we be continuing to do things better? And if we've helped you in any way, please leave a rating and write a review. It's the best way that you can show your appreciation. You can also at Caleb and tell him that he's weird. Somebody please do that. Somebody please at Caleb on Twitter and be like, Caleb, I think you're weird. Please don't do that. I want to see it. Now, thanks so much for listening to the Learner's Corner podcast today. Until next time, keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all.